Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. Uh, my name is James McSorley and I am joined by two people today, neither of whom are Mark Schofield. So firstly, I'm pleased to be joined by my former teammate. She's a three-time Paralympian, two-time medalist, one-time temporary podcast host and my 30-somethings favourite Minnesotan. She's a repeat offender, Rose Hollerman of Landhill. Rose, how are you doing? Good, thanks for having me, James. Thanks for being here. Uh, so Rose is here, not as a guest, but as a co-host today, uh, although we'll see how much I just monopolize the talking as we go on. But anyway, so we're also joined by one of the greats of wheelchair basketball media, one of the only people who watches more basketball than most professionals, and the woman who's probably doing more to hold the fabric of wheelchair basketball together than any federation, national or international, and someone whose love of the game a lot of us appreciate. Ayaka, how's it going? Hello, James. Hello, Rose. Thanks for having me. I feel so like honored. Thank you so much for being here. Rose was very excited for my interview and she wanted me to make fun of people the way we normally do, but I thought I would leave my making fun of for uh, federations for today uh, because, I don't know, the world of wheelchair basketball appreciates you, so I don't think anyone would appreciate me making fun of anyone. I could, I can, I I can, I can go at Rose. I never said want. I wanted you to make fun of anyone. I just wanted like proper James, hilarious in, introduction. It's like Ayaka deserves a really good introduction. She needs like James humor tied in with niceness. Rose, how did we do? <laughs> they, that was perfect. When you sent it to me on Reddit, I was like, wow, he's very good in this. All right. Yes. <laughs> no, every, every federation, every professional media hates me for this. No, I don't. <laughs> Showing think... them up, Ayaka. Yeah, you're making them all look bad, is what I mean. But. Anyway, so we'll get started. Ayaka, you get the same question as every athlete gets here to get us going. How did you get involved in the game of wheelchair basketball? Um, it was in December uh, 2017. Um, uh, I went to watch a wheelchair basketball game because there were uh, one. So Kozai was playing for Landel and four Japanese players were playing for Cologne. And they played in Wetzlar and... Uh, yeah, we went there and I fell in love from the very first sight. So it's a simple story, but uh, I really just wanted to go there and show my kids something nice, something new, support some Japanese. And yeah, but it totally changed my life. <laughs> nice. And were you interested in any basketball or any other sports when you were growing up? Or was this just like showed up to a game because you knew there were Japanese players and you went from there? Um, I was always dating and I was married to football guys. So I know all the rules from football, but um, yeah, nothing with uh, basketball until that moment. I was more the Zumba dancing girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zumba's fun. Rose Rose knows a lot about us doing Zumba when we were locked in during COVID. Rose, do you want to let do you want to let people in on that? <laughs> oh gosh, what was it called? I forgot. Uh, fitness Marshall. Yo, yeah, Fitness Marshall. That uh, some of us were not as committed to the dance life as others. The most committed one was definitely Ari, who was yes. very committed to his dancing life <laughs> and yeah. moving his CP hips. I wonder if he still does it. So yeah, when we were, uh, I assume a lot of people who listen to this know this by now, but over COVID and the year before, myself, Rose, Ari Tveit, and my wife all lived together and we couldn't get out to exercise. We couldn't play basketball. So we decided to just do Zumba on YouTube. So like it ended up being like five nights a week. I feel like we would all just do like 30 minutes of Zumba and it was a lot of fun. But as you say, I think Ari liked it more than anyone. Well, and even after you say it was just a COVID thing, it was not, it beca it started as just a COVID thing, but it did not stay just a COVID thing. Like afterwards, they kept doing it the year after COVID when we could have gone outside and worked out. No, they, they did like a 30 day challenge where they did it every single day for 30 days in a row. <laughs> they called each other one time when they were apart from each other so they could do Zumba together so they wouldn't lose their streak. <laughs> It's incredible. I, I I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all the Dutch are almost like uh, always doing Zumba on the on the visitor seats and everywhere. They are all, always going for fun. So 
Oh yeah, that's that's that they have a nice little traveling group that I feel like is like mostly Ari's family. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you don't miss them either because they're all wearing like high vis gear because it just happens to be their country's colors. But it really helps picking them out from the crowd. But yeah, um, so sorry, I just I needed to I needed to mention that when Rosa was here. Um, but do you have a specific moment when you fell in love with the game, or was it like the second you saw it? Was there like do you remember a play or was it just like you came into the gym and you were like, wow, this is it? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I came into the gym and, you know, Landel has an amazing atmosphere inside and it was a snowy day. So we were a little late. So the game had already started. And uh, yeah, all the atmosphere was great, but I think it was really the, the crush and the speed of the game that I really uh, enjoyed. And the second was like... Um, Oh, yes, I remember they have all dis disabilities or one yeah. from the Cologne uh, guys uh, was able-bodied, I think. But um, and yeah, this was something when I had a bad time in my life and I couldn't accept myself uh, being in that bad uh, situation. And when I watched wheelchair basketball and on, on the second view, I saw all the dis disabilities and there were uh, still amazing and exciting um, me so much. This was the moment that I felt, hey, uh, I shouldn't focus on what's going wrong in my life. I should focus on things that makes me exciting and makes my life better. I do the same like these athletes. And that's when I started to research YouTube videos and articles, podcasts in the internet and yeah, 2018 was really amazing because I went 48 days uh, to, ven uh, to to gyms and venues to watch wheelchair basketball, sometimes two games, sometimes three games a day. So it was pretty a lot that I watched and it didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, you haven't stopped yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and um, do you remember from the early first couple of games you went to which players impressed you the most like was there someone who stuck out or yeah it it, it was mostly I, I went to Landil and Cologne most so it was more um now I don't really take one uh side when when I watch a game so I don't care who wins or something but um at that moment it was Cologne and uh, Landil so I really enjoyed watching um, the Japanese ones, like Kozai and Tommy Burma and Nico Dreimler, I remember a lot. Sure. Rose, you've heard a couple of those guys, right? <laughs> no, never heard of them. Never heard Especially of them. Tommy, Tommy Bomer. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's given with him for a couple of games because he's hurt his thumb and all of a sudden you've just forgotten who he is, Rose. He's, he's just... <laughs> forgotten i've never known him <laughs> rose, rose like watching games nah man Not for me. i just turn up i just turn up and make shots and go home <laughs> oh god right i keep doing the thing where i'm like i sit in silence and i'm like oh yeah me right <laughs> i'm the one in charge i can ask questions too james if you want feel free yeah that's that's the plan rose on you me what were uh, your next steps in getting more involved in the games instead of just watching, like volunteering, working with teams at tournaments, or even just clipping? I don't know. I think I enjoy more to be around uh, teams and players and help them out. So uh, because all the clippings and all what I do on Instagram started when it was locked down. So it was more like helping from outside, but uh, I enjoy more to be around and help kind of um, with my knowledge and with my abilities, like I'm uh, educated restaurant service stuff. So just organizing and helping out and trying to see what people maybe need in the couple of, in, in the future. This is more what I really love to do. So I love being a volunteer at tournaments 
that makes no money, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it makes a lot of fun. And yeah, the next step would be maybe um, having kind of agency or foundation or a company who maybe helps uh, with information and making maybe some tournaments on my own or um, doing some uh, tryouts for, for rookies and getting them a little bit more closer together, even if it's not only focused on Germany, maybe. I don't know how much money I can raise for this, but um, I think my passion is more to, to get all the communities from outside together. Like I'm mo mostly posting from um, countries that are non-English ones, like Spain, Turkey, uh, Italy, France, Germany. So um, getting them together with the English speaking communities would be really nice, I think. Yeah. That's really okay. cool. That's so cool. I, I just you talking about setting up things like that. That's not something I'd ever heard you speak about before. And I just think, obviously, from someone who walked into a gym one day and had their life kind of changed by watching wheelchair basketball, one thing to sort of give that back and help grow the sport is really cool. And something I didn't realize is that maybe I just never really put the two things together, but your clipping game started during COVID. And now that's one of the things that, I don't know, that's one of the things that you're, that's probably the thing people know you most for, like the work you put into clipping games. And I had no idea, was that something that you had planned on doing or was that you just started it during COVID and then people really liked it and responded to it. So you kept going. Oh, I started clipping more for the community um, since COVID. I had some clips uh, on my old Instagram account, but this time it was more like, um, I want to show the players that I'm watching the streams because it was not really common to watch um, live streams, I think, until COVID. And uh, I wanted to, uh, yeah, the first thing was I wanted to just show the people I'm watching and this made them to repost it. And I was like, oh, they can repost it. And this gets me more followers on one side and uh, this gives them maybe followers and um, space to, to show I'm doing uh, their art games and kind of commercial for themselves. So yeah. yeah, and, yeah. So the ideas came out one by um, one step after another, and it's still giving me more and more ideas. So I don't know where my way leads me to. Yeah, you don't need to know that yet, as long yeah. as it's moving forwards. Um, what was the first tournament you volunteered at? I'm trying to remember the first time I saw you, but what was the what was the first time you volunteered at a tournament? Um, the first um, tournament I volunteered was the Nations Cup 2018 before the Worlds. Okay. Um, because I reached out to the Cologne 99ers uh, in spring, maybe um, 2018. Like, uh, if there's something I can help, uh, you have Japanese players in your club, reach out to me. And they said just, oh, we have a tournament in August where the Japanese national team will come. So maybe you can help us. And this was the first time I volunteered for the Japanese national team. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Rose, did you have the same sort of moment that I did where the first time you kind of became aware of the work Ayaka did was you finished a game once and had nine notifications from someone and they were all just well you, you shot like nine from 11 in a game once and you had nine notifications you were like who is this and what are they doing oh that's cool because I think that's I my first thing think that maybe this moment happened at some point like during lockdown when you said you were started clipping during lockdown one time it was just like the phones looked at my phone and had all these notifications on Instagram was thinking what's what's this for? And then who's Ayaka? <laughs> and then go on Instagram stories and start clicking through and you see like everyone that you know that plays basketball, like also posting from Ayaka and then realizing what it is. And yeah. Going from there. I think that's the thing that makes me laugh when you get like 
Well, I always took three shots a game, made one or two of them when I was in Gran Canaria. And I'd, I'd like go on and I'd be like, oh, three notifications. And then I'd go on your story and the little lines for how many stories you put up are like little grains <laughs> of sand because there are a thousand clips at a time. And I remember just being like, wow, the work ethic to do this. Like there are entire national teams that have people whose jobs are to clip games who probably don't do this much. So I was, I was really, really impressed. Um, but... This was one of these um, these uh, changing moments for my account when Patrick Anderson played for Galatasaray during the lockdown, and he posted he reposted my clips uh, of him, and then he made a post like, uh, "If you've seen my uh, clips uh, in the last couple of um, weeks, it's because this woman watches all the games around the." world and and clips them thank you so yes. and patrick anderson has a lot of followers so then it started really to grow and he followed me and then other players thought like oh if patrick anderson can follow ayaka we can maybe do it too and yeah okay so you noticed there was a real sort of uptick in the traffic you got after that that must have been that must have felt like a big oh. moment because you were obviously you did a lot of watching wheelchair basketball players and to notice that they were noticing you back and appreciating the work you've done, you've done must've been, must've been really cool because there's, I'm sure it's a lot of work without getting a lot of thanks back apart from just like a repost a lot of the time. Yeah. It, it's, it's still really um, embarrassing me or uh, exciting me. How, how many people know me and uh Yeah. It's amazing. Still, still amazing. Still exciting. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, has there been one team in particular that has stood out for like a really good experience as a volunteer? I'm kind of fishing for you to say Gran Canaria a couple of years ago, <laughs> but I just I, I just want I just want Gran Canaria to come up at some point. But no, you can you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Um, no, I, I really love all the teams from that I was team volunteering, like the Japanese women's and Albacete and Gran Canaria and um, Briantea. But um, now it's starting a little bit like who gets Ayaka as the volunteer? Um, because I, I really love it and um, I'm not kind of a student who doesn't know the community uh, and everybody knows uh, if they get me as the team volunteer you will have a lot of uh, content to, to repost. So um, when there was the, um, the Champions Cup in Germany last year, I didn't say anything to, to um, Lutz Lessmann who was organizing everything for the Champions Cup of which club I want to be the team volunteer because um, I wanted to see which which team I will get. So, and then he told me like, oh, you will have Briantia Cantu. And I was like, oh, Italy, that's new. <laughs> yeah, but I enjoyed it a lot. And this made me really um, open the door to Italy a lot, so. Yeah. Did you have so, much Italian before that experience or did you have to go, okay, Briantea, okay, App Store, Duolingo, download. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it, it was really nice. I I, I always enjoy to, to not understand what people are talking about. If you're with Spanish people or if you're with Turkish people, I don't really care about that. So um, the ones who can really talk English are were talking to me in English and if not I just enjoyed to be around them so sure I like it not caring what other people are talking about I like <laughs> it um just being there to help yeah <laughs> okay so zooming out a little bit over your four or five years now of watching wheelchair basketball fairly regular I say fairly regularly you probably Rose what do you think Ayaka probably watches more basketball than 95% of pros at this point if not all of them yeah I, I feel like 95 might be that's, like 90 that's... I mean you have like on every team I think you have like a nut that watches every game in every league yeah there's a handful of sickos isn't there 
I think so. it, it, it's just another balance maybe I have uh, towards other ones because maybe the bench units are watching as much games as I do, but I watch like one Italian game, maybe a Turkish game if possible, and an old game. Sure. Yeah. I think that's the thing like we certainly do. We watch every Spanish and German game every week and it's so much already, especially because you, I can't watch any live, obviously, because I'm playing in one most of the time. So it's like trying to figure that out. Like I'm so resistant to like adding Italy or France or Turkey or anything into it because I just don't want to watch any more games. <laughs> so I'm so impressed every time I see like you clipping a Turkish league game. I'm like, wow, look at that. Because I don't even know where to find the links. Well, your website, but you know, like I wouldn't know <laughs> yeah. where to apart from that. How do you possibly find all the links for, as you're like mentioning these teams, it's, I, if you told me to go find a Turkish game, I wouldn't know where to go. How do you find the links for everything? Um, I'm trying to find them on, on the links I already know, like Engelsi's Basket is the main um, media. Um, it's not from the Federation, but it's, it's kind of like a BSR Mania or like like me for for everything and they have um a, a wonderful homepage. um they said it's like oh you're you were our inspiration to do that like for spanish and uh, italian and german and english uh, you can switch the language uh, on their homepage to understand maybe where to go to find something um yeah, but um, those kind of things. But sometimes it's it's just the players who are sending me their links, like, hey, you can watch the game here. But the Turkish games are mostly um, not live streamed or just um, uh, on on time. You, how, how do you say? Uh, just live on, sure. on the TV channel thing. So I can't watch this, but uh, when I find them on the Angus's basket or like Fenerbahce or um, Galatasaray channel on YouTube. I watch them afterwards sometimes. Cool. Yeah. Um, right. So over your four or five years of doing this at, as we've just discussed a very high level and taking in a lot of games, what have been, who have you been your favorite teams to watch? Who do you think plays the basketball that you most enjoy watching now that you're kind of immersed in the world? What sticks out? Um, I don't think that it's a specific team I really enjoy to watch. It's more a player, a play style that I really like. But um, I I enjoy like I, I enjoy watching the under twenty three worlds, and then I find some p players that excite me, and I, I didn't know that they exist. So this is also fun to watch. So cool. Once again, I was fishing for a Grand Canaria two years ago there. <laughs> uh, but I, I guess what watching Rose spot up from 14 feet and make like eight from 10 every game is probably not that exciting. Um, yeah, I, I got I got to sit and watch that for two years. So fair <laughs> enough. Um, Rose, did you ever find that weird when people were like, wow, you guys play such interesting, exciting basketball? And you were like, eh, kind of. Like, we do the same thing again and again. I mean, but it is, yeah, it is pretty to watch. Yeah. I'm quite proud of those years. They were a lot of fun. There was like two extra passes, and everyone loses their mind. Is kind of what I felt like a couple of times. But there were some, and also having a six foot four point guard makes a difference. <laughs> Playing to seventeen yeah. points, <laughs> but yeah. So the first right, time that I, I watched uh, Rose, I was so. Uh, so shocked like wow this midpoint of girls shooting like hell wow what's that it was uh 2020 february in Cantu. it was a uh a group game and i was missing the guy who was riding uh, a matsunaga wheelchair in gran canaria it was you james and i was like hey where where is this guy with the jacket uh, yes 2020 february a great time for yeah. everyone <laughs> oh yeah and it was like oh he's in the hospital kind of yeah I was uh Sad. somewhere between physical therapy and psychological therapy in England at that point I was 
physically unwell and mentally not any better and the world was about to fall apart so I remember <laughs> that weekend was the weekend the Champions Cup in that was going to be in Madrid the next round of Champions Cup I remember that was when I finished rehabbing Rose do you remember this the weekend that everything just fell apart yes when you you like showed up to Gran Canaria and then the world collapsed yes I was because the next round of the Champions Cup was in Madrid on the weekend of the 17th of March great time for the whole world and I remember our plan was to go there watch the games and then go back to Gran Canaria with the team but then the tournament got cancelled we were like do we go to Madrid anyway the flights are booked and then what we did instead was we changed our flights, went straight to Gran Canaria, and I pretty much landed and got a text being like, welcome back to Gran Canaria, the league's cancelled and you're not allowed to go outside. So a <laughs> uh, good time for all involved. Um, but yeah, but to reiterate your point. After the um, the Cantu tournament, um, two or three weeks later, they said, oh, in Italy, in Bergamo, where Cantu is really close to, um the COVID uh, started over there getting really worse so mm -hmm. I was like oh I was there two weeks ago and I was really caring about what all the people um if they're safe kind of yes yeah yeah I remember that was a really scary time for everyone obviously I hope we don't minimize it to anyone listening but that was that was wild but yeah that's kind of that's where the zoom was started to to bring it back full circle um but yeah, yeah, but so. i just wanted to tell you that i i really asked for you at this tournament like oh. where is this guy oh well thank you yeah um, I, I knew you i don't know where i was either i was in mark's i was in mark's house i stayed in mark's house for like six weeks rehabbing because uh, I had to be in Sheffield because the GB team were based out of there. So me and my wife lived in Mark and his wife's house for six weeks, which is completely insane. But yeah, we did okay. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, which teams have the best fans? Is it just Landil? Is that is that just the easy answer? I think it might be the right one. I think Landil has nice fans um but also like hanofa or um uh even even bbc Münsterland has a, a, a nice atmosphere always yeah like, we were just there it was like it's such a home like small town feel like you're playing basketball and smelling cookies and kids are oh. running around and yeah, it's a great environment. That's so nice because we have the recurring joke on the Rundown podcast that it's a theme park and this yeah, kind of just is. feeds into it. It smells yeah. like a theme park, yeah. <laughs> that is great to know. Uh, Rose, what would you say the best fans you've played for or against have been at club mm -hmm. level? I mean, Londell's fans are really good. They're It's such a big venue that sometimes you like can't interact with them as much as you kind of wish but their fans are I mean really committed to it I mean even I feel like a lot of like Bill Bow is always fun yeah man it's great that in college our our fans in college were really fun yeah how many how many guys would you get at a game in college uh I mean it depends like we would it would always be fun when we would play in our small venue that would only seat like 150 and it would be like we would get 200 people show up and would be over capacity <laughs> that would be fun those are that's the best environment when you're like there's more people here than are meant to be oh for sure yeah you like you feel like people are on the sideline <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I think it's because as wheelchair basketball players, we play the most of our games in gyms where people are on the sideline because no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so what, uh, what's more fun to play? Because if there aren't any um, people at the sidelines, you can go a little bit more crazy. Uh, I don't think any player likes anything to be within like two meters of the sideline or the baseline because it kind of scares you to go to the basket or to like save things going out of bounds i don't know if you agree rose but like like i hate anything yeah. being near the baseline like freaks me out it is rather it's not the best if there's like someone that even like when photographers sit below the basket sometimes it can be a little scary yeah 
Ayaka, how far behind the basket do you stand? <laughs> I, I I really enjoy a lot being in Landil in this case because they have this stand and I'm standing next to the stand because it's it's the safest place you can be and it's the closest. And uh, But if, if you have these hanging uh, baskets, I have to really think about, okay, what's, where's the best position? But uh, that's why I, I don't sit down because uh, sitting down might be uh, much more dangerous than standing. Because sure. as long as I'm standing, I can I can jump to the side. So that's it. I think that's the thing. Like you don't want to take anyone out, but you also don't want to not go to the basket so that you don't take someone out. Um, yeah. It's like I don't want to go to the basket. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to shoot, shoot twelve footers. That's not true. <laughs> I'm not allowed to go that close to the basket, James. <laughs> I'm be- I'm being reductive, Rose. You are talented on many levels. It just happens that we only needed one of them when I played with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ayaka, what is the best organized tournament you've ever been to? Um, I mean, most of the games are since COVID started, like the Champions Cup 2021 in Wetzlar, and then last year, Hanover and uh, Elksleben, like the Turinga Bulls and Hanover, these, uh, and Madrid. I I was not volunteering, but I I went there. And everybody says like the best maybe was um, Landil, even if it was the most difficult one because it was the first tournament we did during COVID and during lockdowns. Mm-hmm. You were there too. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, m- maybe it's Landil because uh, they had good hotels. They had everything well organized and yeah really well i think there was not that much problems with we need this we need that sure yeah i think the one in landale like the first one post covid was just really impressive that it didn't go badly because it seems like there's been a load of tournaments since that have gone terribly because of covid and even the europeans obviously that kind of got away from people and that was I know it's real. It's probably really hard to do, but the fact that Landil did it so well is, I think, is what really impressed people. Um, yeah, uh, Ayaka, what's the best interview you've ever done of a player? What's the most fun you've had interviewing someone? Mm-hmm. I enjoy every uh, interview really because um, getting to know the players in in person is something that excites me most even if it's an interview or after game chats um but having guys like patrick anderson or steve uh who was just here for a short visit for some interviews is kind of honor because it's rare to get these yeah sure but i i really enjoy everything like um having these interviews with Rose before I really um, got that close to her was really nice. And yeah. Cool. And now you've gotten to know her a bit. You're not interested in interviewing her anymore. Now it's now that <laughs> no, now you know better, right? <laughs> no, I, I have plenty of interviews I want to um, do and some maybe fun stuff like interviewing all the, or some of the able-bodied uh, um, players in Germany just to show leagues from other countries, hey, maybe you should open the doors for the able-bodied too. Kind of, yeah. Who's at the top of your list in terms of like, who do you want to interview next? Oh, no, I have some others on my list, like Gaz, Simon, Terry from GB, or um, yeah, really many others that are on my list. Some more Italians, maybe, and sure, yeah. Just ask. I, I don't think there's anyone. That's the one thing it, I think in the world, in the world of wheelchair basketball, there are very few people that will be like, nah. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm too busy. There might, yeah, there might be some. Yeah, none of us are busy. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like someone's like, hey, when can you do? And it's like, well, apart from these three hours in a day, I'm flexible. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, so I'm not free at 9 p.m. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. But I really think it's sometimes a little bit um, sad that um, I don't know who can be interviewed in English yes. because my my Italian is not that good or, or I can't I cannot speak any Turkish or um, or, or um, Italian. So I just have to to know who to, to who I can talk to. Yeah, that's something that we've had before. Like someone's been like, why wouldn't you get this guy on? And I'd be like, well, they're from this country. So I don't know if they speak <laughs> English. And I'll have people be like, no, their English is great. Like you should do it. And I just have no idea. It's it's hard to keep a track of that stuff. But yeah. yeah. And, and one of my my ones that I would love to interview is kind of um, Sofia Meyawi. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Once again, don't know if he speaks English. I imagine he's a little, a little. I think that's a hard one as well because we've had conversations with people about speaking English to them, and it's like, can someone speak English is different to can someone talk to you for like thirty minutes? You know? Yeah. They're like kind of different questions sometimes, but yeah. I felt honored that I was invited to hear you because oh, okay, my English uh, is enough to to take an episode for the bench units. Well, you're doing great so far. Um, we've had, um, yeah, like every time we ask who we who people want us to get on, I think you're one of the first answers that comes in. So this is something that we'd obviously spoken about doing for a long time. It's just, yeah, glad to actually get you on. Um, but yeah, Rose, should we move on and talk a little bit about clipping games before we get into the big mad questions? Uh, none, yes. none of them are that big or mad. Yeah, none of them are. All right, so Ayaka, you sit down to clip a game. What's the process, and how long does it take to clip a forty-minute basketball game? So a forty-minute basketball game um, is how long? Like one hour and a half in real, with all the timeouts and half. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, so so it 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 always depends on if it's live. Like when I'm really doing it live uh, from the live stream. I have to wait until uh, um, halftime is over or I have to wait for the um, timeouts. And I can skip all these uh, when I watch uh, games that are always done. So, but it takes maybe two hours. Every time you game. game. Wow. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm, I have to uh, search for, for Instagram accounts yeah, so, you you had an interesting one last week where you couldn't figure out who someone was because they were new, and you were like, "Who is this guy?" And I didn't I didn't see it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Matt Rolston. That's a good friend of mine. I could have helped you, but I wasn't paying uh, attention." But, yeah. Three people reached out to me like, "Oh, this is the this is the one you're searching for." Yeah, he's he's the quickest player I have or will ever see or play against. Or yeah, with. he was amazing. He's yeah. ridiculous. He's old now as well, which is so impressive. Like he's over 40 and he's still doing that stuff. Couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah. Um, but that, that's the way I work. Like um, I have all these mem memos uh, everywhere in my house in, in many notes. But um, yeah. Sometimes, like if I would post a game Landel versus um, Illunion, it it will be much quicker than a game uh, uh, Bergamo versus uh, uh, Toulouse. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Sure, yeah, yeah that <laughs> makes sense. Um, how many games do you do per week at this point, roughly? I know it probably changes week to week, but. Yeah, right now it's not that much because uh, I have um, um, not that much time. I'm doing a lot of other things uh, next to it, like housework and not that fun, non-basketball things. But um, normally I think it would be like five minimum. Sure. Wow. Yeah. But, that's, but that's when I really posted a lot, it was like five a day for three days in a row. So, that's that's pretty heavy that's impressive uh yeah. rose so you had a question that we've stuck in here um uh, do you have a job ayaka um when i started everything um in 2018 it was right after um my ex-husband left us so i wanted to take a little bit time to get these 
my my family um in a in a um how do you say uh, as a normal life so then i found wheelchair basketball and i thought like okay maybe i can work until um 2020 paralympics and try to find a way to have a job there but everything went bad with the postponement and covid and then i was at home all the time uh, because of covid and homeschooling and i didn't get a really job so it was only more a short-term job that i always had to, um, until now and um yeah, now I'm trying more to 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 get a job or create my own job in this community, and um, yeah, trying to do my best with with short term things. Sure, I think yeah. something you said there stuck out to me, and I think it's really cool. Like you've found wheelchair basketball at a time where you maybe needed something or wanted something to sort of. Um, get into in a difficult period in your life it sounds like i think that's really cool like do you think it speaks to the sort of testament a testament to the ability of wheelchair basketball to sort of change people's lives and help people definitely i think everybody should really watch a game maybe really live because um now i feel more authentic being ayaka like a person that i always wanted to be and I think the life before wheelchair basketball was more like uh, it would be nice if the community, uh, if if the society would be more open, more diverse, more inclusion. But it, it's not something that I really made in an active way. And now it's 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 a part of my life, so it, it's it's normal to be active for those kinds of things, and this makes my life better. And and I feel. Yeah, I feel better to 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 live a life that I wanted to live. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you think it kind of has it changed your perception towards people with disabilities? Do you like notice things to do with accessibility more? Do you see people with disabilities in a different way? And even like for you have two kids, right? Like yeah. I'm sure their perception of people with disabilities is massively different to what it would be if you hadn't found this sport. Yeah. Um so I had to, to change my, my house, of course, after my divorce a lot. And I was like, and people were helping me. Like, how do you want to have your house in the future? And I was like, mm, I want a house where my, my, my friends with disability can, can come anytime and, and just be here normal. And they were like, okay, so we need less stuff on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And sure. um, yeah, I just want, I just do everything possible uh, with my friends and when they have a wheelchair or when they have disabilities. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's so normal to me. So yeah, well, I don't know how to explain it, but, but I really don't care about it. It's like they can't walk and I can't do maths. So. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I like it. Um, just the last little thing about the games that you clip. Do you think what you're doing is something that a team or a federation should be doing on their social media slash employing you to do it for them? Um, yes and no. Like, okay. I think the Spanish community is doing a great job with this channel. Every every game is on the same YouTube channel and everybody can watch a game. Everybody knows the links before the game started and they have highlights. So maybe this is something uh, that, that's great and enough. Like football is the same. So, um, but maybe I, I, when players from other countries reach out to me like, hey, can you post this and send me some three-point shots? I always tell hey, you have to do it around on your Instagram and I can maybe post it, but you have to be active and you have to do it as much as you can so people find you and all the stuff. So because if I would put everything on my channel, 
um, it would be too much. So yeah, of course, of course. Um, all right, that leads us nicely on to sort of bigger picture questions. Um, do you think there's anything that should change in the world of wheelchair basketball media? Like, is there anything that you would you would do differently if you could run the whole thing? Um, I think um, I just hope that every club is getting more open and a little bit more caring about um, social media. Like um, it's not important to post something. It's important to post it that the people who watch it understand what you want them to, to, to find. Like if the results are really like so small that you have to um, scroll it and zoom it, it, it doesn't make sense for a post. Sure. Or you, or you post, oh, we have a game on this weekend. The clubs should also post the links on it, you know? So these are things that are always forgotten and that I try to cover a little bit. I think like, oh, it would be much easier if you would do it on your own because it's not that much work. Exactly. Each club yeah. doing their own little bit is far easier than one person doing it for everyone. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I also get a little bit um, problems with someone um, when I was telling him, um, you can't find on your post where it is, when it is, on which date it is. It's just the fourth day and like da 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 against da da da. There was no time, there was no link. And I was like, and how do they sh can find your link? Yeah, it's on the homepage, but it's not on the first side, but on the third. Um, side from their homepage so I was like this doesn't make sense and then they hated me so I was like okay I do my own th own things and my follower will find the link for this game because I like the players and I like the games to be watched but if the club doesn't want me to help and doesn't want my advice it's sad but I have to accept it sure um rose same question to you what do you what do you currently think of the state of the world of wheelchair basketball media and what would you like to see to help grow the sport i thought i was an interviewee not an inner i'm just or trying to keep just... i'm just trying to keep you on your toes rose <laughs> yeah you're a curveball in there i'm just throwing it to you every so often you gotta keep you gotta get gotta get your touches <laughs> good i i like how you bring up the spanish league and how they do me social media it is like all the, I think what they have put in place would be a great thing to see over all of the leagues. Like, I think in Germany, some of the teams do a really great, like Londil social media is excellent. Turrigan social media is excellent. It'd be a, great to see like an entire league be so organized and like, having a YouTube channel for it, having the highlights, doing the post-game interviews on YouTube. And I think, and like, I in Spain, all of the leagues, all the teams have uh, Instagram where they have all that information put in place for you so quickly that it is, I think if everyone could be a little bit more like the Spanish media, I think this is like something that even internationally they could do better for sure 100 percent uh, even iwbf could create the same sort of thing for all friendly games being played all the national team information in the same location everything like piled into that same place because i mean that like a couple of weeks ago all the teams were all the uh, tons of countries were playing across the i guess europe and it was hard to find even where the links were for the games and stuff that could be all put in the same place. Yeah, I would agree. Like I knew we were playing in Madrid against four other teams and I had heard that Germany, probably Australia and maybe Japan's men's teams were going to play in Germany. And Ayaka, if you didn't post about the fact that the Netherlands and German women's teams were playing, mm -hmm. I literally wouldn't have known about it, <laughs> which yeah. is not great. Also, like the fact that two of those games 
uh, one on the women's side, one on the men's side, were on the Cologne YouTube. And I found that out yesterday. It's a little weird. Because um, <laughs> normally, if there's a game on YouTube, I will find it and I will watch it. But yeah, I think there's I think there's more that needs to be done. And I think the fact that you're doing more for it than a lot of federations is a little weird from for them to not be doing more. But yeah. Um sometimes I think it's 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 um, not dangerous, but um not not really comfortable to to do all that stuff because I know some people of the federations are more like um oh she gets so much attention and but we are the federations so kind of uh, she's taking our job and, and and looks better even if we are working so hard on our side and I know the IWBF and all the federations are working hard but I think it's really important to to have this connection to the outside like to the clubs and to the fans so um, this is something that is really missing even if you're really working for, for all the other stuff that we can see. Yeah. I think that's something like if they realize that they're gaining traction or that you're gaining traction and getting support and getting sort of appreciation for the things that they're doing, rather than being upset at that, they could maybe go, what is she doing? Right. And what could we maybe learn from it? But yeah, I don't want to, don't want to talk about too many federations for too long, lest I kind of get, <laughs> get in i'm not gonna get any trouble i don't think i've said anything too controversial there but we'll move it on slightly and i would like to ask how does it feel to have so many elite athletes show your appreciation on instagram or at tournaments because i see every time you seems like every time you go to a game now you come home with a jersey or or something <laughs> oh there you go what are you what are you what what is it today the netherlands stuff okay yeah i got this from matthias bellows last week <laughs> okay yeah. you're dutch yeah, I'm Dutch. Yeah, you have to reach out to Ari. <laughs> ah, yes, my sweet boy. Yeah, um, I really have to say I, I'm crying a lot because of all the uh, appreciation I get. Like when Abaseto uh, won the Champions Cup last year and I went to guess and he was like, oh, you want my shirt? And he really got it off and, and reached out to me and I was like, one moment i'm not your family i'm not your girlfriend i'm not your fan and you're giving me your champion cup winning jersey to me and he, he was like yeah you deserve it and i was like oh my gosh and i was really crying in my hotel room watching all watching just this incredible shirt a winning shirt and yeah and it, it goes like that always like yeah. I, I'm really honored and sometimes I cry on my way back home in my car sometimes at home sometimes everywhere yeah it, it's really amazing because I I adore all the players so much sure um okay uh now I'm gonna ask you some silly questions that I like to ask most people um what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a basketball court rose still has the best and worst answer i've ever heard for this rose no one's topped it that's i i'm glad though that that hasn't ever been topped because well it makes me feel a little uncomfortable but yeah ayaka what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a basketball court the weirdest thing I don't know. I, I really just enjoy and laugh a lot watching the games from, from the sideline. Like when Robin Pogginwish is doing some th silly things or funny things or uh, yeah, these little happenings that I hopefully have uh, recorded and can post and show them to everybody. But I don't know. I really don't know. I, I just enjoy to watch and enjoy to watch all, all these funny moments uh life sure yeah we're feeding matthias a banana <laughs> this was yours <laughs> no that wasn't mine but when you were talking about like silly things happening that came to mind that was like last week <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> James, what you... I, I, I must have missed that but i'm happy enough how, how often does that happen Ayaka, that you see something hilarious on court and you're like oh i wasn't recording oh god that would have been great i feel like uh, you're recording constantly so maybe it doesn't happen uh, i 
think I recorded a lot. Like uh, one of my favorite scenes is like when Robin Pogmwish wanted to make a throw in and Driss was like um, uh, tapping off from, from Pogmwish's hand. And he was like, hey, what is he doing? I haven't thrown the ball even. And yeah, and Driss is like, oh, come on, stop it. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this was so fun. Yeah. Or, or all the all the moment when I was uh, almost hit by, um, like um, from the sideline, I was I was recording, and then uh, Andre Mashek was r- running to me, and I was like, wow! And I have everything on my on my uh, on my uh, cell phone that I was jumping away because he was <laughs> coming really towards me. Kind of yeah. These are one of my favorite posts because they are so rare and nobody has kind of like that, but. Um... Sure. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, it was, I, I don't know how it sounds if I say it in English, but when everything started and I wasn't that um, known, with my uh, wheelchair basketball account, a Japanese person said, be the mother of wheelchair basketball. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. that's really nice. Yeah, and uh, he's a successful um, businessman in Japan. And he was like, oh, if you have the passion and the knowledge and all, many people know you, maybe it's worth it. So go for it most crazy people have changed the the world so be crazy be the mother of wheelchair basketball was like i don't know what that means but okay i continue sure and what do you like to do away from wheelchair basketball when you have time uh i like traveling a lot but now i really start to be more interested in traveling for wheelchair basketball and know the the world more out of the um, eyes of of all the wheelchair basketball players. Um, In the last couple of of weeks, I watched a lot of videos about Israel and Iran and Turkey, kind of. So, and my my hobby before um, wheelchair basketball was singing, I was jazz singer oh. yeah i had no idea that's really cool yeah yeah so someday maybe i can make a session with um patrick anderson i don't know <laughs> patrick anderson if you're listening which you aren't um <laughs> let's make it happen um oh, oh. Play guitar uh patrick uh, pat anderson can play the guitar better than i can play the guitar so we may as well do that yeah, but, yeah. fair enough can Ari dance? <laughs> oh, we can make a music video of you guys playing together and Ari dancing. Oh, yes. That sounds wonderful. Um, <laughs> if anyone else is listening and would like to get involved, don't because it's weird. Uh, <laughs> all right, Rose, should we go to the listener questions to finish off? Do you have them in front of you and we can read them out, alternate, or do you want me to just read them out? Yeah, I have them in front of me. Okay, you can start. Uh, do you say? Can I say who? I just um, asked the question. Yeah, we'll we'll say that we'll say the names because no one said anything weird. Oh, okay. And yeah, I love that. Like Phil Pratt's dad sent in a question. I think he's the sweetest man alive. Neil Pratt said, "Do you Neil like Pratt's any the nicest of man?" Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I just agree. Yeah, we are friends. Uh, do you do you like any other sports? Uh, that was his question. Not really anymore, but <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a lot of football in the past, so maybe I know the football rules better than the wheelchair basketball rules. But um... so do I. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I really, yeah, figure skating is always fun to watch. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, next thing written in isn't a question. It's from Agustin Alejos. And it oh. says, not a question, just praise her. So 
Augustine Alejos would like would like you to know that you're doing a good job in theory. He oh. just wanted you to get some praise. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, he's so lovely. Thank you, Alejandro Alejos. <laughs> okay, Rose. Next three next questions question. are all from the same guy. You the same, the great Mendy Mendel, <laughs> also part of Gran Canaria. Uh, he his first question is, uh, what should people do who want to support your work? Uh, pardon? What should people do who want to support your work? Um. Repost is one of the things and say hello if they meet me is something that I really uh, enjoy. Take a photo with me. <laughs> yeah, these are really nice moments. And yeah, I have, I've got a lot of buy me a coffee coffees, but um, not in the last couple of months. And I think this is maybe not really the important uh part of of supporting me but uh yeah just like and watch and repost all my stuff just to have a little interaction with me makes my life better sure uh next question from mendel is how do you clip games live that seems like so much work that happens so quickly um when i did well before the game started I have already posted them like uh, with the introduction of the players when I'm live so I can get the accounts more easy because I have used them in ah, front. Nice. so but sometimes that's why when I'm just uh, when, when I'm in Vetsa and posting a Landil game and I'm posting and then Rose hits uh, a a score and I was like hey moment I was posting Rose you can't score now I have missed to record it so th th that's the way I, I work life can I just say someone stopping mid-game to be like hey Aka are you getting are you getting this before scoring would be the <laughs> coolest trash yeah. talk of all time yeah. <laughs> hey, Aka, I'm about to do something cool get your phone out yeah dribble it up the court and be like hey you're gonna want to get this at James Mark I would never be you know what I mean at Rose Hollerman 54 or whatever that that is very funny I think someone needs to do that that's so cool but also no one does anything cool enough in wheelchair basketball to warrant trash talk. But yeah. All right. Next yeah. question, Rose. Uh, would you like to have assistants working for you to help with tagging all your highlights? Your kids. Mm -hmm. Family business. <laughs> yeah, my kids did a great job last time when I was driving the car and... Uh, my, my son watched a little bit of the Zwickau versus uh, Cologne the second league game. And he was uh, recording uh, the Cologne 99ers <laughs> clips a little. So I posted them when I was in, yeah, I think it was when we were on, on our way to Wetzlar. But um, I don't know, everybody who can do this should do that. So I really enjoy that many people are clipping themselves or uh, the family clips them and then post it because um, there's never enough of clips in uh, on social media about yeah. the sport. Yeah, but I don't know if, if I need the assistance. I would love to have more people who are doing kind like I do, but I don't know if I need assistance. Sure. All right, last question. And... Uh, from it was from Gaz Chaudhary and it is what's your favorite game you've ever watched live? Who maybe I the feel first, like fishing. Maybe the first one. The oh. first one. Yeah. Because it was life changing for me. I was gonna say that's important. Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah, maybe this was really the moment I was most excited, even if they have followed a lot of exciting games. Yeah, nice. but, I, but I hate watching these important games like uh, Paralympics and World Cup games because I know one side is super happy with who I want to be really happy and the other one is super disappointed and sad. 
and I mm. cry with them. So this is much more harder for me to watch than, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I am I'll surprised you didn't yeah. say the Alvesetti final from Kings Cup or from Champions Cup. Yeah, there there was so many games really like I, I really like in I enjoyed to watch the um bronze medal game from the Paralympics for for GB because I was one. really really happy to see um Gaz as the coach of them and you all were there without a coach in a really difficult situation but you made really a great job uh, in Japan I think but I was watching this outside uh, from the Ariake arena and when I was outside I don't know if I can say this now but um, I was standing outside and I was uh, also sad for the Spanish guys and then um, I think it was Danny Sticks, he he came outside of the venue and I was like, what is he doing here? And he was so disappointed and sad. And then he went right uh, behind a corner and then two other players came along and I was like, oh, you did such a great job. I know you missed the bronze medal, but you know, so. Sure. But this was really emo emotional because a bronze medal is a lot, I think. Yeah, of course. To win or to lose, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's the end of the questions and the end of the podcast. So, Rose, firstly, I want to thank you for being here and helping me through this interview process because I'm bad at this on my own. So thank you. It was an honor. Great time, Ayaka. <laughs> and Ayaka, thank you so much for being here. And on behalf of most of the world of wheelchair basketball, by the signs of things, thanks for what you do. Appreciate it. Thank you so much to having me. <laughs> I um, hope it's a good one. <laughs> yes, and for the small percentage of Ayaka's uh, followers that listen to this, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back uh, starting next week with another roundup. And until then, yep, have a good week. Take it easy. Bye-bye.